You are listening to episode 38, part two of our three-part Catalyst 2018 mashup series. This episode is powered by Rogue Water, co-founders of Catalyst and the public communication company founded by yours truly, the H2 Duo. Hi, this is Alan Heyman, president of Blue Drop. This is the podcast that is demonstrating the power of communication and collaboration in the water sector. It's water in real life with our friends and Blue Drop partners, the H2 Duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. At Rogue Water, we build bridges between the water industry and the people they serve. These connections and relationships are the foundation for the trust and support water leaders need to repair and replace infrastructure, protect natural resources, invest in new technology, and meet changing regulatory requirements. Communication is the low-hanging fruit for innovation and progress. It is the fundamental building block to create a value for water that is more than just a tagline, but a way of life, a new normal. Rogue Water provides you the strategy, content development, and resources you need to create messaging that resonates with your customers so that you can work together to move forward and create sustainable services and healthy communities. Rogue Water was founded by the Water in Real Life podcast hosts, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. To find out more, visit our website at roguewatergroup.com. We're so excited to bring you this second part of our three-part mashup series of our amazing Catalyst 2018 speakers. So Catalyst is more than a conference. It's an experience meant to educate, collaborate, and invigorate water educators and communicators. Catalyst is structured around the Rogue Water ABCs of water communication, which are assessment, branding, content, and strategy, plus our favorite subject, tribal collaboration. In this episode, we talk a little strategy, a little branding, and some collaboration too. Greg Wukash, External Affairs Manager at the San Antonio Water System, explains why it's so vital that we break down silos internally and really rally behind our truth, which is that first and foremost, water utilities exist to serve the customer. Duke Greenhill, Marketing Guru and Chair of Advertising, Branding and Graphic Design at Savannah College of Art and Design, talks branding with us. There are a lot of misperceptions about what branding is and isn't, especially in the water sector, but the bottom line is that branding helps build the connections between customers and utility that we need to move forward. Finally, Ryan Beltran, filmmaker and founder of Alequa and the Make Water Project, tells us his story of filmmaker turned water innovator. Hear how he's partnering with the San Antonio Water Systems High School program, Impact, to use his love of film, water innovation, and makerspaces to teach the next generation of water nerds how they can make a difference in the global water crisis. So without further ado, let's get to the show. So I know that we could talk for, you know, hours just about anything in general, but specifically about leadership. Um, and in terms of like leadership related to the training or the, um, the programs that get offered to leadership in water, like what's one area that, um, what's one area that you think we're good at and what's one area where you feel like we could look outside of the industry and see what others are doing to bring that in to, to improve our leadership programs? Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I I would probably have answered this question a little different maybe f- three months ago than I than I'm answering now. Um, I'm some of y'all have read the book Good to Great, and uh, believe it or not, I'd never read the book, so I'm reading it right now. And and some of the things that I have kind of held on to for years 
um, he's sort of demolishing in this books, and I'm not finished with it yet, so I'm still wrestling with with that question. But but here's but here's one of the things I would say. Um, I think I think across the board, what I find in sort of water utility work, and maybe even utility work in general, is that we're siloed. Um, we come to work, uh, we may be an engineer and we're there to do the engineering work or, you know, we're in wastewater collection and we go and we do the wastewater collection work or, or whatever. We're, we're very siloed and we, we focus on the job that we have been given and we don't have a bigger picture toward the utility as a whole, re- reminding ourselves that we're actually here to serve the customer at the end of the day. There's some in our, in our industry, in our company here that believe their wastewater um, folks, they they believe they're drinking water folks. They believe they're you know security folks. They're not. They're they're all we're all customer service folks. Um, we do not exist without the public who needs this resource, and that's what we're here to do. And I think if we could get our focus back on the idea that we're here to serve the customer, that we're not actually here to do wastewater and drinking water and security and you know, IT and all those things that we sort of like have as our identity, even educators and communicators. Like we, I'm, I'm going to throw us into the same mix. Like, oh, I'm an educator and a communicator. No, we, we are actually a customer service agent for our city to supply water and wastewater services for our customers. We're customer service agents. And so I think if we could get away from that siloing effect, we begin to see the greater mission, the greater purpose, um, then I think we would begin to see departments work better together, communication happen uh, more effectively. It takes a strong leader, I think, from the top to bring that culture. But um, if that's not occurring in your utility, and you're, you're listening to me right now kind of shaking your head going, yeah, Greg, that sounds great. I, I wish that could happen. I'm also one to believe in the power of whisper, which is, well, it takes somebody to decide that we're going to make some changes. And anybody that's listening to this can make those changes. We are testament to that right now sitting here. We've decided that we wanted to do certain initiatives. We didn't wait for people. We just went and did it. And so my encouragement to anybody would be, listen, if you see something that you think needs to be started, don't wait for somebody else to start it. Go out and do it yourself. Do you have any examples from any of the work you've done in storytelling um, that's been using that storytelling to build trust or to humanize um, the client that you were working with? Yeah. Um, the example that, that pops into my head is a, a financial corporation called Ameriprise. And you know, you think of banks, you think of financial institutions, and they're almost immediately viewed as, if not evil, at least not very human. <laughs> um, and so the, you know, our first step was really to, to literally apply a human to that brand. And in our case, we spent a whole bunch of money to, to hire Tommy Lee Jones to sort of be the face of that brand. Of, really? Yeah, strong, you know, sort of Southern... Oh, Tommy Lee Jones, you know who I was thinking of? I was not thinking of Tommy. (laughs) No, not Tommy Lee, the rock star, no. Although I I was like, wow. Um, And so when you literally apply a human to a brand in a sort of spokesperson role or something like that, it gets you a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, But what people want to see is, and not just in a relationship with a brand or a water department or whatever the case may be, is a mirror, right? A reflection. They mm-hmm. people need to see themselves and know that they're okay. They belong. They're not different. Um, and so we created 
apps and sort of gamified them where, where people could go to the app and imagine their own retirement. How much am I going to have to save to live this way? Oh, um, wow. What yeah. if I work a few more years and save a little bit less each year? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, and really reflect back to them the reality that we all struggle with the same problems. How am I going to save? Who's going to take care of me when I get old? Yeah. Will I be able to take care of myself? And when people see that they're not the only ones who are afraid of something mm -hmm. or not the only ones that love something, then you connect and, and yeah. that's the best you can do. Mm, yes. Um, I guess that kind of goes with um, my next my next kind of question was related to using storytelling to build connection, but you kind of already hit that nail on the head in terms of making this how how is this like me and how how does this impact me and connect me with this um, whatever it is that you're trying to market or to to brand. Um, so. That kind of go ahead. The other side of that coin, though, is I think equally important. Yeah, we have to show a reflection. You're okay. I empathize, etc. But you also have to draw the contrast that at the same time, the storyteller, you, are also unique. Yeah. So it, you know, if we were all walking around sort of drones, pretending or not pretending, literally yeah. living sort of the same loves and fears, that would be kind of drab. Yeah. Um, for sure. But as a unique storyteller saying, I'm different from you, but we share these same things sure. nonetheless. That's that's powerful. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to give away uh, too much about your topic that you're going to be speaking at at Catalyst. Um, however, kind of tell me the relationship between storytelling and branding and how those two kind of work hand in hand. Well, I think that's you know, just it, the, the idea of a brand, you know, we, we hear the word brand and we think, or many people think, oh, that's a logo right. or it's 100%. a tagline mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. whatever. And even deeper than that, you know, it's kind of a, I'll use the word cliche, even in our business to say, oh, a brand is a promise <laughs> or a brand is a personality for <laughs> a corporation or organization. And even that is, is far too limiting. I mean, the way I approach it is, to really think of brands as people in the sense that the the mindset I put myself in is if I were me, which I am, and they were a person, um, what about them would I really, really like? Mm -hmm. And then I take those things and lead with them, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with leading with our strengths. Um, but in the context of a brand, the idea is, you know, connection. You don't just want a customer. Right. Yeah. or a supporter you want a, a zealot yeah um, Ooh, and yeah. that's that's where you find them is when you've connected not not just convinced but connected mm -hmm. through through kind of telling your story and mm -hmm. through getting them engaged with like who you are as a company or as a utility or um yeah and more maybe not more important than who you are because it's what got you there but but how you became that mm -hmm. i mean we are all essentially a story you know mm -hmm. you are who you are today because of what's happened to you every year every day every minute mm -hmm. that came before and the only way that we as humans can relate to each other is to share those stories mm -hmm. this is what happened to me and so um and so yeah i mean that's that's what connection happens 
Our mentor is Greg Wukash at the San Antonio Water System, and they have this incredible high school education program called Impact. So we went down to San Antonio to check that out, and while we were there, we met Ryan, who was the leader, I guess, of one of the, the learning strands that they have projects in. Mm-hmm. And um, we his story was amazing. And I love that he came from a background that is not, I mean, that was not water, and now is kind of just leading this charge to... Um, change the world. Change the world. <laughs> so, like, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about Alequa and kind of how that story came. I'm thinking of the video that we saw that you, I believe, was part of the um, Water Texas Films submission. You won an award for that one, correct? Yeah, we won the first year uh, of the Water Texas uh, Film Contest in Austin. Um, Yeah, so I have a background in film. My father has always been in uh, industrial maintenance supply, and a lot of that sort of overlaps with water. And he came across this electrocoagulation technology. He knew that I like, uh, you know, tech uh, and innovation, even though I like filmmaking. I like gadgets and stuff like that. So he was like, you should really check this out. And that sort of just sparked this whole change in my life after that because I usually tend to live my life in a way where, like, if I see a story that I'd like to be a part of, like, I feel like that's how I like to live my life in, in just a montage of stories. And I felt like this was a powerful story that, could, that I could be a part of or share. And, uh, and this, uh, this sort of innovation just led me on this, this uh, long track of, of uh, first we were a startup. Uh, it didn't really work well in the startup sort of field. Um, but once we got this idea of let's just be open about it, share it, focus more on education um, and uh, open source, like it just really flew from there. And, and uh, that's kind of quite a summary to a, a lot <laughs> happened between there, but that's sort of how, how it began. And here we are, you know, working with students and schools and educators. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Can, when you kind of mentioned the open source technology, can you explain a little bit more and go into more detail of what that is and... Yeah, so what we do is we have these kits that uh, do a process called electrocoagulation, which can coagulate particulates in water, uh, a lot of different types of particulates. And it's basically electrolysis. It's running a current through it. Uh, You tend to also see this in air filters. There's certain air filters that have, uh, like, uh, it deionizes the water, so it uses, Mm -hmm. like, an electric current to sort of, pull together particles in the water or in the air to filter it or clean it. Um, same thing happens in water. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I saw though, is that there's just so many types of water. Uh, there was, um, so much still unknown about what it could be, you know, what could be done with it. Uh, so what we decided to do is, is make everything that we work on open. And so that's what open source is, is everything you do, you shared the designs, the data, you try to make it so that anybody wants to participate can build it themselves. Um, and that's, that's sort of the mentality that we have. And uh, we learned it actually from a place, uh, Makerspace in San Antonio. And Makerspaces are very DIY spaces that have workshops and tools that anybody in the community can use. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so we make these kits that uh, can do that process. They use Arduinos, which are little microcontrollers, which uh, students use in robotics competitions. Uh, um, they can be coded uh, with simple code to do something or uh, up to very, you know, very uh, difficult code. But we use a simple code to make this process happen and we share it with students and we don't have a very, uh, we don't, we sort of have this open-ended approach that we share what we have, we show them how to use it, and we sort of let them, let them go with it and find a challenge that inspires them to sort of tackle and learn more about the process and even add to the process. So mm -hmm. they can learn about coding, they can learn about 3D printing, they can learn about water uh, as they're actually helping develop and innovate something. So we see all these different sides of this as benefiting the student, benefiting potentially, you know, water purification technology in the future. Yeah. Uh, and so we're just letting it grow with the community. Yeah. So um, I, th I think that's the first time that I've heard that your dad is the one who introduced you to open source technology. That's that's, that's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, he, he, he introduced me to the process and uh -huh. I was introduced to open source uh, years later when I came across a makerspace, so yeah. and the okay, maker okay. movement, and so really awesome. the makerspace Ten Bit Works, mm -hmm. uh, which just changed their name to Republic of Makers here in San Antonio. Cool. Um, they're great, and if you don't know what a makerspace is, do yourself a favor, look it up, and there's probably one near near you. Yeah. Um, you go visit it and see what they like. We hope you enjoyed this mashup of Catalyst 2018 speakers. Our last Catalyst mashup will drop next Monday, and then guess what? On January 28th, 2019, season two kicks off with another Catalyst 2018 speaker, the George Hawkins. <laughs> he gave the best pep rally ever on earth to a room full of people passionate about water communication. It was truly a beautiful thing to see. Registration for Catalyst 2019 goes live today, January 14th, 2019. Catalyst takes place June 19th through the 21st in San Antonio, Texas on the beautiful Riverwalk. We have limited spots, y'all. Like, that's legit. That's not some marketing ploy. Due to the logistics of this very unique summit, we can only accommodate up to 70 people. So make sure you sign up today at roguewatergroup.com forward slash catalyst registration is only $70 and we're getting a great block rate from the hotel so get on it shout out to our incredible catalyst 2019 sponsors san antonio water system texas awwa section the water environment association of texas lower colorado river authority alliance for water efficiency 120 water all at 120 water audit and dallas water conservation if you'd like to sponsor the most rogue water summit around you can visit that same website roguewatergroup.com forward slash catalyst for more information before we go i just want to remind you to sign up for the water nerd newsletter at vh2duo.com forward slash newsletter we want to keep in touch and make sure you know you're the first to know about any and all of the resources that we release we hope to see you at Catalyst this year, and we hope to see you next Monday when our latest podcast drops. Until then, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world. <laughs>